1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why Midway USA offers super fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. One thing I learned in the military is how to sleep anywhere, but it's freezing out here. Body heat ain't getting it done. Not without calories and lots of them. We're going to have to move to stay alive tonight. In addition to increasing their internal heat generation by working major muscle groups, Grady and Bill must also monitor each other for the umbles, which includes stumbles, mumbles, and fumbles, indicating a loss of motor skills due to dropping core body temperatures. What's up, Backpacking and Blisters family? This is Derek Somerville, and with me today is the only man I've ever known to floss his teeth with a Sasquatch <laughs> toenail, but then he realized, wait, there's no Sasquatch, it's just a piece of dead fish bone. And then, you know, he tried to spread that rumor as if it was factual. I said, no, Carl, no. You need more proof than that, dude, so... Onward we go. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. Is, is this going to be like every episode I come up with new flossing ideas? You look, you do all kinds of things, and I can't explain them. I'm just here to share them. I know. With I, the I'm world. just, all right, well, I'm just challenging creativity a little bit there, just saying. <laughs> I, think I, I think I heard you laughing while I was doing it, so mission accomplished. Yeah, I know. I was laughing at you, not with you on this one. <laughs> Either way. All right. And with me today is Derek Somerville. A man who thinks he invented the first ursac when he tied his grocery bag full of food to a tree. No, no, I'm sorry. No, you, you're, I, the bar is higher than that for you. You need to do a better job with bear stories than that, Derek, just saying. That's fair. All right. So the ursac strikes back today. We, we're going to get to some ursac stuff, yeah. and we have an awesome interview in store for everybody. Yeah, you, we did, you did a great job on that one. Um too early in the morning for me, but we got a lot of good info, I think, from this yeah. this gentleman, and uh, I'm excited to talk about it. So you're, you're kind of stealing my thunder a little bit on the too early in the morning. So this one, like, there's times when I do interviews and you're just not available, like it's just not going to happen, and no, it's just that's just how it goes. But this one, you like, this is seven in the morning Pacific time, yeah, and you decided not to participate. Is that correct? Uh, when you go to bed at three thirty, you decide not to participate. Yes. Correct. Okay. Correct. Fair point there. But come on, man. This is like, we had a big time interview. This is and this is the podcast. I, it is. I mean, like, I just need to deprive myself a little bit more of sleep. And I, and I think I, I could start doing that. So I'm really going gonna, gonna to attempt that. Just, just for you. Well, I was a little embarrassed for you. And interview's good. It's always better when you're a part of it, though. Look, when you're bundled up in your blankets, you don't really care about anything else. <laughs> and I believe you're right. going you're going through a blizzard right now, if I'm not mistaken. So speaking of being bundled up, yeah, yeah, yeah. we're yeah, and this is what I'm talking about. Like I had to walk through a blizzard to a different location to record and for the podcast, and you could not wake up for a it's seven a.m. interview. Let's keep in mind it is about noon or one o'clock your time. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on from that thought, couple of tidbits today. We had some feedback from a couple listeners about the Power Ranger trivia question you had. We did. And we did. Yeah. And so one yeah, they basically said that, hey, come on, Derek, like, there's a green Power Ranger. Is there though? Is there? There was. <laughs> and I'm gonna defend myself here and I'll do it verbally as I uh I often need to, guys. You got to do your research, guys. You got to do your research. The original Power Rangers, no Green Ranger. The Green Ranger, guys, was added on 
to the Power Rangers later. So there is right. a Green Ranger. There's different Power Ranger shows with the Green Ranger. I don't. It's scary how much I know now about Power Rangers, but the original right. did not have one. It's like a it's like a teal one, I believe, or something. So okay. So I think that the point goes to you if you're wording on the question. Use the word original in the question. I'll have to go back and listen to that. And point goes to listeners if you did not use that word. Well, I'll just say moot point. Actually, um, I think uh, I don't. I guess I'm just thinking Power Rangers. I'm thinking original. I didn't know I, at the time. I did not know there was like 50 different versions right. of Power Rangers. So that's maybe my mistake. Yeah, and from your perspective, it doesn't really matter because you, you're just going to be grading it subjectively anyway. So. It's true. Uh, to, to the listeners who might be frustrated by that question and then Derek's just response he just gave, I would, I would just say, <laughs> welcome to my world. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. You know, I think, I think the listeners will get over that. I think we're going to move past that. <laughs> they probably will. Uh, other one is, one of the gentlemen did not make the interview for, the, um, for this Ursac interview was one of the owners of Ursac, and his name is Rob Bruin. Mm-hmm. Isn't that amazing? Like, he owns Ursac, and his last name is Bruin. Bruin, that, yeah. I was just thinking that about that. awesome? That's pretty cool. Yeah. Pretty cool. That would be like your last name being, like, naps a lot. That's, wow. Uh, but I don't nap a lot, so. Um, would yours be Sir Shoulders a lot? I mean, like, I mean, we can go around. <laughs> shoulders a lot. All right. Creativity point for Derek again. <laughs> Carl laughing anyway. again. Okay, got it. Yeah. I I just thought that was kind of cool. So anyway. That is cool. Verse for today, Ecclesiastes 4.4. And I saw that all toil and achievement spring from one person's envy of another. This too is meaningless, a chasing after the wind. Remember that. And so you might think, like, how does envy or, you know, the idea of jealousy relate to an episode of Ursac? But the, the gentleman that I interviewed is, he's he's been involved in some pretty amazing stuff, Derek. And so I just wanted to kind of forewarn you to kind of hold back on, on the jealousy. I'm already jealous. I mean, what do you want me to say? I mean... I don't know. And I think some listeners might be jealous of some of the stuff he's been involved in. So, Oh, yeah. That's not really what this episode's about, but he, we do talk a little bit about it. But uh, getting to our guest, his name is Grady Powell. He was a Green Beret. Thank you for your service, Grady. Mm. And he um, was part of the military team on the Ultimate Survival Alaska TV show, which was out for a few seasons, which is an awesome show. And then he was also on Dual Survival. And yeah. now he's part of the Ursac team, so he mainly answers questions on Ursac, but I did kind of tap in a little bit to some of his experience on some of those awesome shows. All right, so I'm with Grady Powell, and you have, like, before we jump into all the Ursac stuff, you have quite the extensive resume in terms of your backcountry experiences. And so we, we love to just ask just kind of a, a standout, crazy, unusual experience you might have had. And I know, like I said, from your resume, you probably have had quite, quite a few. So um, just to get to know you, what, what kind of stands out? Well, first of all, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. This is my first podcast I've done. And, Are you and serious? I be more excited. Yeah, it absolutely okay. is. But um, when you say I've got quite the resume, a resume, I've got a lot of experiences that are far below most people. Mine just happen to be publicized on on TV. But I do have, <laughs> I do happen to have a bit of bare experience. Um, I was shooting a TV show for two years in in Alaska with uh, National Geographic called Ultimate Survival Alaska, yes. and it was a combination of survival and just an adventure race. And part of that, both years okay. we did it, we spent weeks in a fog knack up in the Kodiak Islands, which just happens to be the densest population of Kodiak brown bears. If, for anybody who knows those, they are right. absolute monsters. <laughs> so set the stage here real quick. We were in a fog knack. We've been seeing a ton of bear. We The day before we, we scared up, or it scared us really, but we were walking over this ridge and coming up on a couple logs that it was odd. It looked like the logs had made, were like the base of a log cabin. And we get up and look over it, and there we see this big old ball of fuzz. <laughs> and we kind of slow down. We know what's coming. And have you ever been around grizzlies? You can smell them. Yes, yes. You know that you, they, they stink. So we start getting that, that waft. And, uh, and just as we realize we're coming up on a bear, she pokes her head up. And then a couple seconds later, two little oh, cubs no. poke their heads up. And that's not a good situation to be right. in. We got out of that one unscathed. We'd, nobody was bleeding. But the next day, and this is during the salmon run, I think it was uh, 
June, okay. maybe. So we went down, and part of the show is we only have beans and rice on us, and everything else we eat, we have to forage or hunt or fish. So we're okay. <coughs> taking advantage of the salmon run, and um, we were just ripping them out, absolutely ripping fish out of the water, and we were very excited for a full belly that night. Right. And uh, our producer behind us is absolutely terrified of bears and i look at him and he's stark white wait 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 your producer is who's terrified of bears goes to kodiak island and is next to you guys while you're fishing salmon is that correct (laughs) yeah that's a long story i think he i think he uh got on the show as a favor he was definitely a city guy most of the producers and the cameramen on the show were very well versed in the outdoors and and, uh he wasn't i won't say his name but he was not gotcha um so his face told us, yeah, there's, we know there's a bear like right behind us. So we turn around and, uh, the way the river was going, there was a bend, a couple bends and we see this mama bear, or we don't know it's a mama at the time, but a bear coming around as we're standing there talking, getting footage of us with a stringer of fish. I'm talking like 10 fish, oh, man. nine, nine or 10 fish. And she obviously smelled it. So she's coming toward us. Now we are, we're cafe salmon. <laughs> so she's coming straight at us and I'm thinking I'm I'm thinking on my feet and the only the only thing I can I can come up with is grab a couple of these salmon chuck them across the river and then boogie on out. Right. Well, I did that. She bolted over and she had two cubs with her again. I'm pretty sure it was the same same sow. Okay. She boogies over, gets the gets the salmon, she's eating with them. We grab the rest of our fish, all of our gear, we throw them on our backs and we we head back up the the bank and get on stupidly enough a bear trail and start because that was the fastest (laughs) path out there and we just start moving we think we're in the clear and about half an hour later uh the producer loses his mind again and she's right behind us so what i did was basically let the bear know that we are a source of food right she's just easy pickings oh i can just go scare these dudes a little bit they're gonna they're gonna feed me so she did and I did. <laughs> I threw a couple more salmon at her, trying to slow her down. We went back down the river thinking, okay, we can get down in the water. We can cross the water. It's not too hard. It won't be a bad uh, a bad river crossing. We get, get in the water, and she, I guess, bypassed those salmon and came straight at us in the water, coming right at us. And the guy I was with, Daniel, he's the one who saw him that time. And we can't get across the water fast enough. She knows where we are. So if we cross over, she's going to see us, and she's going to come f- across the water a lot faster. The only option we had was a waterfall right in front of us. Okay. And I don't recommend this to anybody, uh, just jumping blindly down a waterfall because there are, oh my there are rocks. How, well, how tall is the waterfall? I don't uh, 10, 15 feet. It wasn't huge. Oh, goodness. But we've okay. got all of our gear. We've got the rest of the race to do. And we obviously you want to stay dry. That's just pretty much priority number one next to not yeah. getting eaten by bears but uh we chuck all of our gear over we jumped we lost all of our salmon our gear is completely soaked but thank goodness she decided that jumping off of a, a waterfall was not not in her books that day so we nice. made it out alive completely soaked completely empty bellies and i mean I, it was it was definitely quite the adventure but uh that is amazing not one i really want to repeat right yeah, usually, I mean, the stories is you don't want to get between the the mom and its and its cubs, but in this case, the mom is coming after you, is it, like you said, as a source of food. Mm-hmm. That's really interesting. And I've seen yeah. I've seen it in Alaska where the bears like wait for the tourists to come down, go fishing, and then they wait for the tourists to get the salmon, and then they just like you said, scare them, and then they get their salmon. Um, but that mm-hmm. was that's more of a touristy zone. You're more in the outback on Kodiak Island. That's that's crazy. Wow. Okay. Actually, just you saying that where they, they identify humans as a source of food, and that's the whole premise of bear safety or bear food containment products. It's not so much about keeping your food safe from the bears. It's about keeping the bear away from the food so the bear doesn't become used to humans and associating humans with food, then becoming a trouble bear and either getting put down or relocated into a trouble zone. Right. So it's it happens in the outback of, of Alaska. Right. It happens on the trails in, in the States. It's a big problem, and that's that's where that comes in. We're trying to mitigate that. Yeah, a few weeks back, so we had um, you've listened to part of that episode. Ranger Rick was on, and he's he's a passionate advocate for you know food safety, and just he wants yeah he doesn't want you know to hurt the bears in the backcountry, and, and I think he, he you and him have similar views. Um, where you differ is basically the effectiveness of your product, the Ursac, and so we've we've actually heard mm-hmm. quite a bit that the Ursac is like 
100% effective for rodents and just kind of smaller animals and that kind of thing. And we also reference in our podcast just that they ha- you have videos on your website which which display you know the bears trying to get into them, but we didn't know how many videos were shot and how many you kept. I guess this question is, from your perspective, just how effective is the ursac? There's some stuff on our website, like you said, that it's 100% effective against critters. And you're asking how how effective is it against bears? Right, right. So that the way people write that is a bit of a misnomer, I guess. Okay. Our critter bag is effective against critters. Our bear bags, the major and the major XL, are very effective against bears. The critter bag is not effective against bears whatsoever. It's not made right. for terror. So we use we use two products in or two materials in our products. We use a UHWMPE. It's a, a ultra high performance molecular weight polyethylene. Really, it's just a strong okay. a strong polyethylene. That's the tear resistant product. So that's what we use for our bear products. The the major and the major XL. We also we know that on the trail there's a, where there's not bears there's still critters. There's the rodents, the the mice, the raccoons, the chipmunks who have tiny little teeth that that get in between that polyethylene right. fiber and they can they can shred that stuff. So the bear bags are not effective against critters. Then we brought in the the, the Kevlar bags, the Ursac okay. Minor. Now that's our critter bag. So the tiny little teeth of those critters can get in between that polyethylene, but they can't puncture the uh, the Kevlar. So the try to bring it all together the bear products the major and the major xl are tear proof those those have these ultra high tear resistance they do not they're not effective almost whatsoever against critters the critter bags are made so that that small diameter of their teeth can't puncture through it's made of kevlar which is same as bulletproof material it's what i used when i was in the in the special forces for my body armor now we got the bear bags over to the national parks and uh you know somebody did a test they took a, a metal spike and jammed it into the bear bag well it's not how it, did they jam it did they, did they just like by hand they jammed it or like did they use a tool i wasn't there for it i'm a, i'm assuming they just use it went by okay. hand and just stabbed into it but that product and we admit is not a puncture resistant product okay. it's made to to spread a little bit so they saw that they weren't happy with the the puncture proofness of it and they said, no, we're not going to, we're not okay with that. So this wasn't our development. This was Tom, the previous owner of the company. He, he went and said, okay, he saw a problem. He came up with a solution. He took the, the tear resistant uh, material and then he took the, the puncture resistant material and laminated them together. Now you've got a tear resistant mm-hmm. and puncture resistant product. Okay. We now call the almighty. We have that right now in front of Yosemite, in front of Seki, but we are at a standstill. So how how recently was this developed and how recently did you put that in front of them? It's been there for a while. Okay. And it, I don't know if it's sitting on somebody's desk. I don't know if there were, there's a little bit of contention between the previous owner and the oh. and the, uh, the decision makers at Seki. We are, we're confident that it's going to, it answers that problem that they, that they face us okay. with. We understand it's, if they don't want it to be punctured, able to be punctured, we understand that's that's an issue because if it, a bear's teeth get in there and they puncture your food, there's more scent and they're going to get they're going to spend more time on your food, right. and that's ultimately the goal is to to keep your bears away from the food. Okay. So we're confident that the Almighty will answer the problems that they that they brought to us. Okay, it's just a matter of time before they really do do the testing and see that it is a viable a viable option. So the reason why I ask is because. Ranger Rick was, I think his experience, he's been out of the backcountry as far as a ranger for three years. And so I'm, I'm guessing that his experience is with the previous model. And so he hasn't seen, I'm guessing the updated version. So mm-hmm. that might be, that's what I think is happening point, as well. Yeah. And I understand if something's not broke, isn't broke, don't fix it. So, but that, that's not how you advance as humans right. with technology in the military. I was, always questioning the way people were that I was being taught to do things because yeah, this might've worked back in world war two. This might've worked in Vietnam, but that doesn't mean there isn't a better solution. Yes. It might, it might cost a little bit of money to do the testing. It might ruffle some feathers because people are, you know, hard into that, that standard that they're used to, but that doesn't mean that something new isn't going to work. Give it, give it the chance. We, it's on their desk now. So we just ask that they give us give us a chance, do the testing, 
if if they find that it's not suitable for their for their locations for their ge- uh, geography and the bear population, and so be it. But we just ask that they give it a give it a chance. Is it a standstill at this point, or is it kind of an unknown whether they're going to do it, and you're just kind of waiting for them to to take a stab at it, so to speak? <laughs> so I am hands off on that right now. The previous owner's wife, she has done quite a bit of uh, documentary filming in that area, and she's got good rapport with with some of the the leaders over there. So we're have letting them handle that at this time. If okay. it, if it comes to a complete standstill, then we're going to take over the reins, but we want to give them a chance to, uh, to get that win. Um, cause they've been, okay. they've been fighting for that for quite some time. So a couple, couple thoughts I had on that is, yeah, if, if you get updates on that kind of moving forward, if you don't mind letting us know, that would be awesome. We could put that out there. Oh, absolutely. And then if there's also anything, oh, you just, <laughs> if when it goes, if I should say, yeah, if, if it goes, everybody will know. I'll be on top of a mountain. Okay, it'll be a, yeah, it'll be a big deal. In the meantime, if there's anything that you know we can do to help suggest um, that it gets tested, like it's really, I mean, it's really in our in all backpackers' best interest to try to have a lighter weight mm-hmm. option for uh, bears, you know, for food storage. And so, mm-hmm. so we're obviously rooting for you guys to get this um, approved. That. Yeah. There absolutely is. So okay. I've been I've been spending time talking to the uh, the conservancy over on the AT Trail and and talking to different leaders in in the backpacking field and the the parks and forests. And the biggest thing that I keep coming across is they want more data. So okay. there are there are surveys on, and unfortunately the the parks and forests are all run independently and they don't have one website where people go share their bear instances. Right. But we ask that if you encounter a bear and you have an instance incident involving food report it if it's, okay. i asked it if it's it involves an ursac you doubly report it because that's what we need we're, well if it, yeah, especially yeah if it works, we're, right? i mean if it doesn't work report it as well because we we're not saying that our product is is above failure it, if you give a bear enough time okay. it it will happen we look we see the same thing with the bear buckets and the canisters bears are adapting they're learning right. they're they know how to get into Certain bears know how to get into the bear canisters, the bear vaults. Just because some bears have gotten into them, they haven't outlawed the bear canisters. Just because right. we have had, or I, I shouldn't say we, before Rob and I took over, there were failures. But like we were talking about before, those were early models. That was, was pretty young. The more reporting, the more data that's out there, it's going to really help us be able to convince the powers that be that this is a viable option for food containment and the bear safety. Uh, realm. When you talk about how eventually these, you know, these storage containers or devices, they are going to fail. Like what's, so what's the testing process for these things? Very good question. So the bear canisters, panniers for, for horseback riders going to the back country, if they want to claim bear proof, they have to go through testing. And the gold standard for testing is the IGBC, the Interagency Grizzly Bear Coalition. It's a, okay. it's an organization out in Montana where you take your products to them and they fill it with food, and they throw it in. These are the videos you're talking okay. about on our website. They throw it in with the bears and let them go at it for, I believe it's 45 minutes. Right. I wasn't part of the company at that point, so I, I can't speak from personal experience there. But we passed the same exact testing that got the bear vault and the other bear containers their bear-proof ability or whatever you want to call it. So for somebody saying that we don't hold up to the standard, yeah, we absolutely do. It's on our packaging. We have the same IGBC right. bear-proof certification that, that all the other products that they stand behind do. Side question here. If, if I gave you a million dollars to go into those... <laughs> <laughs> you don't have the question yet. So okay. you're saying you're, you're throwing the ursac in with all these bears that are aggressively trying to get into it. If I give you a million dollars to try to go get the, the ursac away from the bears in that um, containment area... You do it? <laughs> oh, man. So my girlfriend just left the house. Uh, okay. Probably. <laughs> I probably would. Okay. Um, um, that's actually a really good one. I'm okay. not afraid of a lot. I've been in a lot of pretty hairy situations in my life, whether it was uh, in the military or uh, in the backcountry. But okay. my, my life motto is you get one chance to write your story, you better make it a story worth reading. And I think that would make a pretty neat chapter. Okay. So quick answer, yeah, but I'd For probably sure. try to have a plan. Okay. 
<laughs> yeah, I didn't say you, didn't ha- you couldn't have a plan for sure. That's funny. Um, I think you'd fit in with our group pretty well, actually, if that's <laughs> without hesitation. Like, sure, I'd go do that. Well, how many days of food do I have on me and how necessary is it to get that food back? I yeah, so. it's, it's, it would just be all about getting the million dollars. It'd be like, okay. you know, we're, we're you just going me, out yeah. there. <laughs> Come on, you got to do it. Yeah. I, I wish I had the million dollars for you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so anytime we have somebody on from a company, we always we always kind of open up last last thoughts or anything you you want to say or share about your company. Any any things that didn't come out in the interview, I guess. We just purchased this company three months ago, and it's been around. People haven't really heard about okay. Ursac. It's really starting to get out there quite a bit more, and I like to say it's because of our the, the new efforts. But um, we've been around for eighteen years. Okay. And and for those for people who are on the trail quite a bit, it's starting to starting to get a bit of a, a good reputation. Give us a shot. It's we're going to be we're yeah. we're half the weight of the lightest com- competition. We still okay. carry this the same IGB certification and the biggest thing we're collapsible. Right. I know everybody thinks that uh, although they are necessary and I agree we need to have bear proof food containment. I've used the bear buckets myself. They are quite a bit of a hassle mm-hmm. give it a shot and yes there are places that still haven't haven't approved ursac as a viable option yet but take a minute jump on the website see if it is it is going to be allowed where you're going in your hike and if it is use ursac i mean for people who are doing through hikes i've been talking to quite a few and they say i 100 stand behind ursac everywhere i go when it's required to have a bear bucket they rent at the ranger station they pick one up for a short bit of time they use it where it's required and they go straight back to ursac and have no problems when you're when you're talking long long distance hikes ounces or pounds okay. and pounds of pain and in, if ursac ursac does answer the same problem which it does through the through the certifications okay. so we've changed the product over from the white material uh, we we did get some complaints about how dirty it got really quickly. Personally, I think you're in the backcountry. Everything's going to get dirty. But we moved it all over to uh, black. So they're all black. And we understand that going to black does take away a bit of the visibility at night. So we've added in a reflective a reflective label on the outside of it, as well as a reflective tracer in the cable. So you'll be able to find it with a flashlight at night. The material is a little bit more expensive to make. But the Benjamin Franklin quote, the sweetness of low cost fades long before the pain of of poor quality so when you're when you're looking at at gear don't don't penny pinch because it's gonna it's gonna be painful down the road all right well thank you so much for coming on with us that was awesome and i think you've given us a lot to think about and um we're like i said we're rooting for your for you and your company to succeed and so we will we'll be kind of putting out updates as we go so um so thank you for your time really appreciate it thank you carl so again thank you grady for taking the time to kind of weigh in on our ongoing discussion slash argument slash complaining about the bear canisters and how ursac plays a role definitely a lot of takeaways there and yeah so what, what do you got derek well I, I think i liked a lot of stuff that he said give me one thing well one thing that uh i'll start with is the i like that he had they added that like reflective label for the black bag then you know you lose a lot of things on the trail especially at night and most of the time you're you're you know, you're going to store the bear stuff at night anyway. So it, it just had like, you know, I thought to myself, what could they add to your bag of like, you know, protein powder? And then when you drop it on the trail, it'd be easier for me to find if they had a, like a reflective label on it, like the Ursac. And I was like, that is... <laughs> Wait, my protein powder now. I was like it protein it. powder? Maybe Gatorade powder? No. I don't know no. what it was. Drink, drink mix. <laughs> Either way powder but i thought you know yeah. maybe it would be easier for me to find next time you do that if there was a reflective label but i thought the reflective label was a good idea you know especially for the black bag so little things like that okay so you feel like having a reflective label on some sort of like a ziplock during the day would be helpful for finding it on a ziplock for you yeah ah uh, I'm just saying there's got to be... Well, that's what you're saying is you want to find my drink mix. You're trying to apply this amazing reflective technology from the Ursac mm. to my drink mix during the day. I'm not tracking with that. It can only help. And it might... And you know what? If, if the bear <laughs> or, or animal looks at something shiny and reflective, they might just run away from it because it's hurting their eyes, you know? So really, it's going to save wildlife okay. and uh, all that stuff. As you started... Sharing your first reaction, yeah. I thought, yeah, Derek, like this is good. He's relating 
with the interview, and he's kind of he has a strong takeaway <laughs> here. And then as you continue to talk, your story just went down into a pit of despair. And I don't know how to climb back out of that, but I'll try. I feel like whenever I respond, though, it's like I'm a junior higher in your class getting graded on an English paper. And <laughs> you're like, you're like, you're straying from your thesis, Derek. You're straying from your thesis. So that's how it feels. Uh, but either way, I trudge on in the snow right. or not in the snow. You know, one thing before you jump in, I think like I liked his little um, his little motto there, you know, one life. Make it a story worth reading, and I, I thought that was uh, something I, I don't know. It's something I try to to apply to my own life. So I, I enjoyed that his his attitude was that such, you know. And you asked him a lot of these okay. strange questions, which were good, which were good. Strange questions. This is what we've been talking about. This is just yeah. things. What do you mean? This is time. Right. What did you take away? Let's let's hear. I your got a list of points. I'm gonna go. I got go chronologically, but before I, I give you my first one. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Before I give my first one, I I do want to share that I think it's kind of funny that we had this interview the week after the episode we released about mm-hmm. like that we entitled "Is Celebrity Bushcraft a Joke?" and then we actually have somebody from Dual Survival on our show like right after that. <laughs> <laughs> that is kind of funny. Kind but of- I think we've said in the past like like at least I've said I really love that show Dual Survival, and the only mm. I guess the only person I challenged on that show mainly was um cody lindy and the guy with the with the you know walking barefoot or work, walking in socks in the snow mm-hmm. and i'm not the only person that's had that thought like that is not a unique thought by any stretch mm-hmm. but yeah so so i wasn't challenging the show overall just we were kind of poking fun at i was poking fun at cody and bear grills obviously anyway so that was kind of funny yeah one of my favorite questions we ask every guest about kind of something that stands out to them as far as like a strange or crazy experience they've had in the wild um his bear chase story like that is crazy yeah i probably would have thrown the salmon like he did and that obviously didn't work so that would (laughs) have made me a little concerned and what's kind of cool about his story though is that part of that was actually filmed on that ultimate survival alaska show so there's a one of the episodes from season three i actually went back and watched some of that show and it didn't capture all of his story, but it captured a portion of it. So you can actually see what that looked like, which is pretty, yeah, like if you're in that situation, pretty scary. So one of my takeaways was, I guess, like I was very impressed with his story, impressed that he obviously survived that. Like Kodiak Island is not on my list of places to go. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> I know you pride yourself. I feel like it would be a great test for you, though, because I know you pride yourself as you told Ranger Annie, you know, like, I've been doing this, and I know how to stay away from the bears, Ranger Annie. So what's <laughs> better? I said it? What be- <laughs> well, tit for tit, you know, kind of like that. But I thought, you know, what better test for a legend like you to go to Kodiak Island and then try to avoid the bears the whole right. time, you know? Let me Something to ask about. you a question about that, because you like to bring up Ranger Annie kind of a lot. And is she like one of your favorite people that's not somebody that you typically hang out with, would you say? I'm going to say yes, only because she put you kind of in your place, and it was good. <laughs> you, you needed it. You needed it. It was a humbling, a humble right. pie for you. I liked it. I think by season four, this story is going to be so off the rails that like there won't even be a shred of truth. But anyway, <laughs> it's all I'm going to jump into points that he made about um, the Ursac. And one thing that I liked what he said was which it kind of addresses the bear canisters as well. He, he basically, you know, he said, like, given enough time, the bears, if they want to get into something, like, they're going to get into something. And, right. you know, talking about kind of that type of storage. And so he's not sugarcoating everything. He's saying, you know, you still got to scare the, ba- the bears off when they come into your camp. And you just got to, yeah, like, it's not, like, there's no foolproof. There's no uh, perfect solution out there. And True. this is just one... True possible solution that happens to be lighter weight but like he said too you know which was a really good point i think on the ursac side was you know they did that igcb testing right where they you know put the thing the the ursac in front of a bear for like 45 minutes right. and they it held up equally to that of the bear canister or bear vault or whatever yeah. it was so it has the same like durability, I guess you right. could say. What a good point to have. I mean, I, I'd be curious to see what our other guests about the uh, the ranger would have said about that. That would have been really interesting to see. Too bad we can't have like a debate on 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 a podcast, you know? Yeah, and and obviously, like he, you know, like he has 
the knowledge and the research for his company and the you know the bear canister he's not the ranger's not all about bear canisters that's just what our interview is about so right right he may not be quite as up to speed on some of that stuff which is fine and speaking of that because there's like this you know an updated bag which is puncture proof right perhaps ranger rick did not you know maybe he wasn't a ranger when they had that bag out there he hasn't seen that one so perhaps he might have a different story about what did he call it like the food tea when the bear kind of gets into it and gets his you know his Mm -hmm. jaw onto it and the tooth kind of pokes through that kind of thing Right, 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 right. Yeah, I mean, they and they both have their arguments, and they both have good points, I think. So that's what, that's what makes it really intriguing. I think, you know, both sides of the argument have valid points. For sure they do, but what my, what my thought is is that, his, that Ranger Rick's points are definitely from his experience, but he may not, his experience may not include, you know, what's currently out there. An update, yeah, an updated version. Well, okay, what's another takeaway you had? You know, he kind of made a good point, and this is kind of a simple point, but... It's so true, especially when you're talking about something like bear storage or, or food storage, not bear storage. Um, you know, when he's like, the sweetness of low cost will fade long before quality. And it's it's true in a lot of ways. Like, it's true in a lot of... Th- oh, yeah, the Ben Franklin quote. Yeah, that was a really great quote. It yeah. reminded me... I mean, you could apply that to a lot of things that you buy, obviously. But um, especially when you're out there, I think, you know, you want something that's going to be good quality. You want something that's going to last a long time. You want something that's going to be not make you second guess all the time like i wonder well maybe a bear could get in it like you want something that you're going to be like right. confident about and so um it was good to see him really i don't know he seemed really convicted about this the way that he was talking about like the kevlar material and then the other the other bag for the critters and like you know he sounds really confident and convicted about like their right he stands behind what he's selling. I think that was really cool. So it's good to know that they're updating and improving the AirSac and, and, and listening to people's responses to better the product. I think that's that's huge. So And kind of side note on that, as a teacher, I actually prefer the low cost and the high quality. But I don't know if that exists very often. <laughs> <laughs> right. Don't we all? Don't we all? So those are some some takeaways I had. I did so the, I did throw out, you're, you're right, I did kind of throw out kind of an off-the-cuff question about like, hey, if I gave you a million dollars to get the bag away from the bear once they were kind of having at it, would you do it? And he said, <laughs> yeah, he basically said yes, as long as I have a plan or, you know, did, able didn't to. I, didn't I question like your ridiculous questions and then you made fun of me about that? I feel like that's a good question. You don't think that's a good question? If I gave you a million dollars, would you take a bear, a bag away from a bear? I'm just going to let that ring out. We'll let that ring out. Right. Yeah. I, yeah, I understand that your conversational style might be a little bit different than mine, but I think this allows that's you true. to get to know people on a different level. <laughs> Whatever you want to do to justify that weird question. Uh, that's what I'm known for is the weird questions. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I said you had some weird... Well, then when I say you have weird questions, why would you make a big deal out of it? You should be like, yeah, I did have weird questions. One, maybe. Maybe I'll, I'll give you that one. But So I'm going to throw the question at you, Derek. Yes. What would be your plan to get the bag away from the bear if I, if I kind of shoved you in there? Is a million dollars enough? I mean, well, I and know. honestly, like I was willing to give him a million dollars. I think I'm giving you like maybe like twenty bucks. Yeah, I mean, if you gave me some really good guacamole, I'd probably do it too. But um, <laughs> I don't know. I, to get a bag away from a bear, like I don't know if that's really happening. I think okay. I think I just let him play with it for a while, and then he gets over it, and then I just wait for. I, I think I just wait him out. I'm gonna wait him out. So your solution is to basically let the, the bear have the bag, <laughs> which yes. is the opposite of what I'm asking you to do. <laughs> I'm not, well, I'm getting it away from him, but I'm also no, you, just, <laughs> my strategy to get it away from him is to wait it out until okay. he gets over it and then just take That's I'm not, not going to go That does not qualify for what you're being asked. There was no parameter for me, so I just, that's my answer. So. Okay. So getting back to the whole junior high thing, like did, when you were asked to take tests, were you like, I'm just going to leave this blank, and then when we grade it, I'll just fill in the answers. You know, yes, of course that was me. No, is that you? I think okay. If I'm if I'm going down your rabbit hole, here's what I'll do. I'll break off a bunch of branches, create a type of hook, okay, with maybe my my parachute cord or something like this. I'm going to create like a ten foot pole, as you will. You've heard that saying. And then I'm just going to scoop it away from the bear. But then the bear is going to see me do that. He's going to get pissed, and he's going to come after me and just rip me to shreds, probably. Unless I can climb a tree okay. fast enough, which I can. That's in the cage. Oh, it's in a cage. Yeah. Not a, there's no trees in the cage. All right. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give your, your plan an F. Honestly, like I would have just brought a bunch of salmon and then just like thrown a bunch of salmon in a pile. And I would have worn like one of those police suits where they have like the attack dogs practice on them. And then I would have brought in like mm. Rocky's sword as like a last 
mode of defense. Because I'm go- if I'm going down, I want to go down with the sword. That's that's a good point. I, I think you can already thank me then, because you just bring your backpack that I put salmon in and just throw the backpack at him. <laughs> you, you don't even need to bring a bunch of salmon. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, you are problem welcome. solved. Yeah, I mean, all right. I do want to talk about a couple of things that he mentioned that he forgot to mention during the interview, and then he emailed me later and was like, "Hey, there's some other kind of things that are important to." to bring up. So Derek, let's just go back and forth and just kind of share out some of these uh, other thoughts he had. So he's, so we kind of kept on talking about how, like, when is the URSAC going to get approved, you know, specifically Mm. for, for some of the areas that we'd like to go in. And he did forget to mention that actually it's approved in quite a few national parks already. It's not approved in Yosemite, Sequoia or Kings Canyon, which are like the, the major hotspots for the bears. Some of the major hotspots, not all of them. Yeah. But you are allowed to bring it in a lot of places around the country. And so I was curious about, I looked up a couple places that we, that I'm going to be heading this year and, or in the near future. And I thought, you know, I wonder if I can bring the Ursac along for that. And so North Cascades looks like you're good to go there. There are only a couple areas that you need to actually have those uh, bear storage items. And then next to the Yosemite, next to Kings King, kind of wedged in between is a, a few, a couple different wilderness areas, part of Inyo national forest. And they actually have approved the ERSAC as well. Yeah. Uh, we're talking about some areas that are pretty popular to go to. And I checked Rocky Mountain National Park, and it looks like it's good to go there okay. as well. Okay. I mean, it feels like they're growing, yeah. too, with that whole you know availability, which is huge. And we'll get out a more comprehensive list. Um, I think he's going to get that to us, and we'll post that on our Facebook page if you're interested in going lighter weight with your beard, with your food storage. Yeah. Another thing he said was, you know, we talked about tying the canister off to a tree, uh, which is another one of Yosemite, Yosemite's reasons for saying no, because you can tie it to a tree. They don't want to damage the tree, the roots, you know, whatever. And and it was funny. Did you find that funny that he suggested that? I mean, because, you know, here you have... So I think what you're saying, yeah, so the ranger, Rick, was like, you know, if you don't want your bear canister to roll off a cliff, just tie it to a tree. right. But then one of the reasons Ursac wasn't approved in Yosemite is because you have to tie it to a tree and the bears will like claw and damage the tree, right? Very ironic, right? Obviously, Ranger Rick doesn't know why or why not the Ursac was approved or right. the process for that. But it is interesting that, yeah, that would be something that he would be okay with or yeah. whatever. And that that's actually a bigger issue. Yeah. That's, that is, so, yeah. I wouldn't have thought of it that yeah. like that. But true. Yeah. So kind of interesting for that one. Yeah. And then the last point that he, he brought up later was he was kind of referring to the idea of the food tea that Ranger Rick talked about. Mm-hmm. And he said he didn't know if that was like an actual thing or if like that was just conjecture. Like is that – does the bear really create a food tea kind of mixing up all of this stuff inside? And I, I think he's referring to the one that doesn't have the aluminum housing in there. Right, 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 right. So I guess – That may I, be true. I mean it's hard to know. I, I don't know. Right. You know, I just don't know. The newer material, like, it's pretty... I mean, I, I get the bear jaws are pretty strong, but it's pretty substantial. Yeah. And certainly, I think, if a bear got a hold of it, like, damage to food could be done. I don't know if it's going to be, like, you know, like a mixer, essentially. Let me let me ask you this question. I don't know if anybody's asked this question. It's kind of random, but that's how I am. Okay. So, I'm thinking to myself, if I'm a bear, and I have a canister in front of me that's, like, hard and cylindrical and then i have this like ursac that's like you know you can just bend it and move it around it seems like it's easier to open it just feels that way wouldn't i feel like if i'm a bear i'm gonna just spend way more time trying to open the ursac than the bear i feel like okay. after the like a while the bear canister i'll be like this is more annoying to open because uh, it's hard and it's like not I, I can't like grip it with my paw you know but the can't. Right. But the bag is like you know. As as you watch the videos online, you're like you know they're trying to rip it, tear it, not, and they can get like grip, better grip on it and stuff like. That. I don't know if I'm a bear. Like, do I spend more time with that? Like, do I get over that? Does it take me longer to, to get over a bag than than a canister? I'd be interesting. I don't even know if that's a stat, but so just to clarify your question, you're 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 asking like, would a bear logically go through which item <laughs> is more? like accessible to him <laughs> well yeah, well kind of yeah i mean like you think you see how like smart these bears are like in the and how they figure stuff out right so i mean i don't know like 
I don't know how often. Let's say half of our group bought a bear caster, and the other half brought the ursac. Like, right. what's the bear going to go for more? So I think what you're asking me to do is get into the mind of a bear and try to figure can this you? out. I think so. I think that there's. I think a, you can do it. I think there's a couple factors here, and I'm not being a zoologist. I'm probably going to miss a lot, but I would guess that prior experience is one of the biggest factors and so if a bear is the kind of bear that's rolled a canister away or knocked it against a rock or knocked it off a cliff and has gotten Mm -hmm. food the bear is like i know that this one will get me food and so he's going to go after the bear canister if he's gotten a hold of an ursac and maybe it wasn't tied up correctly or whatever he just like you know the campers completely ignored the bear and the bear had hours and hours and hours with it without getting scared off and was successful there then he might go after the ursac as far as what seems more, yeah, it, obviously because the ursac is soft-sided, the bear is going to be, yeah, maybe it might feel like he's going to get that more, but it's also going to be based upon smell. So if you've stored your food in plastic bags and there's less of a smell coming from the ursac versus the bear canister, maybe that could be a factor as well. Mm-hmm. Either way, I think what Grady was saying is like eventually, you know, it's going to fail. Like eventually, if you give them enough time, like they're going to get into it either way. So you just have to be mindful of that and scare the bears away from your camp if you're in that situation. So good. Is that so good? good. Is that, was I, that, had to, I had no, I had to clap for you. Okay. Was, uh, that a, I know, was that a bearable response? Oh wow! I know a few people clap for you, so I wanted to break that trend first of all. And second of all, I I like how you tried to dive into the mind of the bear and tell me how it might feel. I think mm. that was that was, was brave of you. But you know, I don't know. Let's let's say you you put me the on the spot with that, and I feel like I came up with a decent answer. But are it you was. Mo- it was are you really... mocking my answer there? No, no, I'm I'm applauding you. Okay. Literally, I mean, I don't know how else you can take that. <laughs> But no, I think it's it was good because like if you pack the same exact thing in each of those, you know, Ziploc or or freeze dryer or whatever you had in there, let's say it's a identical thing. I don't know. I mean, I think yeah, bear experience does play a role. I think um, yeah. you know what's their experience takeaway? But then they find this new thing. It's like, ooh, what's this? I don't know. Right. It'd be interesting. It'd be interesting um, little science experiment if you ever got time to do it. But I don't know. For science <laughs> if only maybe Ursac did it. I don't know. We, maybe we'll maybe we'll do that one. Like when we go into an area where we know we're gonna get bears, which I, I have a spot coming up for sure. Is it Kodiak Island? <laughs> <laughs> Surprise! We're going to Kodiak Island. <laughs> That's funny because I, I did I did tell Derek this week I'm like hey if you want to plan the Alaska trip that we're going to do eventually like that's all yours and maybe. so you could have just been like all right we're going mm, to Kodiak Island. maybe we will go to Kodiak okay yeah fair enough all right so we've heard from both sides now big takeaways what's kind of your final conclusion on all this stuff that I think the standard is equal to or comparable to the bear canister I mean you know the testing is there the proof is there but like he was saying, you know, like the more proof and the more data we collect on our product, the more, you know, people are going to buy into it. And that includes, you know, the parks. And so, uh, I mean, I, I applaud them for the videos. I mean, like what better proof do you need than a bear video of him trying to rip open your product and he can't do it? You know, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what else right. to say. Okay. So it sounds like you you are open to the ursac when in an area that it's approved. Is that correct if i'm a park official is that what you're saying like somebody who's going to approve it i mean I've, if you're Derek somerville if i'm me then yeah i want to try it because it's lightweight and it seems awesome um yeah and it, okay i don't know like you said like a bear's going to get into a canister eventually he's probably he might even get into the bag eventually but they both seem like they can keep him out for a while you okay know what I mean? so yeah and i think technology is always improving and so if there's some sort of ruler policy we don't like like the great thing about our country is there's you know always new things that are getting invented or things that are being made better which is what's been happening with the ursac mm. and like i think the obvious choice is if it's approved there and if you're following the rules like we are committing to doing regarding you know food storage then it's yeah. significantly lighter weight and i mean it's lighter weight even than the carbon fiber bear canister and it's obviously way cheaper than that one And then it's also, you know, it's compressible. So it's not going to take up a a ton of space in your pack. Like you can throw things in there to store as you're hiking. But but if you just want to shove it, you know, the bottom of your pack, then you can do that as well. Whereas a bear canister, like you got to kind of strategize with that a little bit. So yeah, that's, I mean, that's obviously the biggest thing to me and you. And so what I told, I told Grady, I said straight up, I'm like, you know what? We are biased on this one. Like we're obviously rooting for your success and for you to get approved in all the areas because we, want lighter weight stuff that's gonna work yeah. 
Okay. So I had a question, you know, in regarding your, you know, the bear canister and the and the and the ursac, and I think people really need to think about this when they're talking about the durability of these things. And and I think we should videotape something like this, is where, you know, uh, let's say you're camping at night with your your buddies, and then all of a sudden the bear comes into your camp and he's messing around with one or the other, the sack or the canister, like whatever, it doesn't matter. Okay. I think that what people aren't really paying attention to is like how long does this bear need to fumble around and not be able to get into my product until Carl can wake up and throw salmon at it to get it away <laughs> okay. from the back. So like how long would that take? Would that take two minutes if you're really snoring? Might take three or four minutes. I don't know. Mm. You know, so the durability, you could probably gauge it on how long it would take you to get up, grab your sandwich. I'm not a fast riser in the middle of the night, mm. but we have other guys that go with us that are that, um, as we've learned from last summer, they are not going to go and do that. They're not going to no. grab their salmon and do that. They're going to actually just wake me up and make me go do that. And then the trick question of the whole thing was like, why are you keeping salmon not in one of the containers near you. To, right. To throw at. So, so, well done. I think you're like, I am jealous of Carl's ridiculous question. How can I ask one of my own? And you just succeeded. Boom. Thanks again to Grady. Sure. That was, yeah, really good interview and really appreciate his time on that. Appreciate his stories and willingness to answer my ridiculous question, according to Derek. And, and, and you. <laughs> yeah. True. All right. Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal develop high-quality, technically sound products, and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super-fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com Knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Okay, yeah, we got it is time for trivia. We have a pretty pretty easy trivia for you today. Um but but you okay. you know again, it's you. So I don't know, you could miss all five, you could miss I don't know, we'll see. <laughs> so we're talking about bags, we're talking about storage, we're talking about all that kind of stuff and um, so I thought to myself Let's come up with items, and you tell me what kind of you know storage it might go in, and uh, let's okay. let's see what you know kind of, what kind of bagish storage it might go in. So I get, I get to choose the storage for an item. You can choose it, but I, I want to see if you can choose the most obvious. You know, like if I said, um, I don't know. Let's say I said like powder, and you said you know. An ursac, I'd be like, no, you, you can't. No, you can do okay. an ursac, but that's pretty stupid. Like, you know, you want to do something else. So, why don't we start? Why don't we start right. easy? We'll start with your powder. Like, what would you put your drink mix? Drink mix. Drink mix powder. Uh, what's the best thing to put it in? Like, are you talking about like a ziploc bag? I, I I don't know if I'm talking about a ziploc bag. What are you talking about? 
<laughs> just telling you what I put in it. You put it in a Ziploc well, bag. Well, okay. Okay, couple. Okay, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna go a couple couple things here. Okay. <laughs> I'm make this I'm make this harder than it needs to be. Okay. So yeah, definitely. If I'm bringing like some lemonade drink mix, that kind of thing, Ziploc bag. If I'm bringing something that's like those tablets, like noon, then I just yeah. bring. You can just bring the tube. Ah, that's true. Uh, most popular answer was Ziploc. That was an easy one. What Good do you job. mean most popular you, answer? Were you, like, these are not your uh, questions. Like, you're this getting... is a, I, I go onto the black dark web and I find the uh, stats for these. Okay. So. Number two. Let's say you had with you, um, I don't know, seven or eight apples. What are you going to put them in? <laughs> like besides tying them onto a string? <laughs> and putting them around my neck. What would you put them in on the trail? I would not have seven or eight apples. But you did. You okay. brought them. I don't know why. You just did. It was a new guy. He showed up. And he's like, I got eight apples. I put them in my backpack. And now You really found a website that has this as a question? Are you serious? Don't worry about where I get my stuff from. <laughs> you worry about being correct. Okay. Seven or eight. I'm trying to think if that would fit into like a gallon-sized. It probably wouldn't fit into a gallon-sized Ziploc. Maybe like a two-gallon-sized Ziploc or. <laughs> that's pretty big, though. Or like a okay. grocery bag or one of those bags you get in the produce aisle that. Like, am I trying to store this or just carry it in my backpack? I don't know. You tell me. Like, what's the best <laughs> container for it? <laughs> you tell me. This is your trivia. You gave I don't me the purpose of my bag. So <laughs> let's all remember the last trivia he gave me, folks. How subjective it was. <laughs> and I'm just repaying the favors. All okay. You. So your top answer is what? Zip Ziploc? Two no, gallons. Ziploc. I'll, I'll just go like um, produce aisle bag. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, it's very flimsy. Uh, for the outdoors, right. I think you might need the thicker plastic bag, if anything. Okay, that was the top answer. Pretty obvious, I thought. Um, the <laughs> other one, you know, I thought coming from you, and I know that you like things fresh and 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 good. Uh, I, I actually thought you might try to jam it inside of the bear canister because it would protect it from bruising. I don't want to bring a bear canister anymore. We've talked about this, Derek. Like, but if you we're going had... to places that don't, don't require them, and that's but part it's, of the but it's not everywhere yet. It's not everywhere yet. I'm just saying. If you right, have. and then we go to other places that the Ursac's okay. So we're staying okay. out of Yosemite, Sequoia, Kings Canyon in the near future. Wow, that smack laid down. I guess smack yeah. laid down. Uh, next challenge. Uh, let, let me it, let me interrupt you right there. I feel like other people need to go through this mm-hmm. rite of trivia passage that Derek's putting out there yeah. that I go through on a regular basis, and so I think. Like when we have our on the trail episode this summer, we need to record an episode that's simply trivia themed where mm. there's some subjective mm. questions and you are the judge and then we'll see what other people answer and then they will endure your answer wrath, so to speak. That's fine. And, and like I always say, folks, when he feels threatened by a challenging subjective question, <laughs> he likes to tear it apart. And here we are again. So I'm just saying last time he gave me the subjective trivia, I answered and did quite well, I thought. So Okay. Clearly, this is maybe you're more left brain than right brain. I don't Probably. know, but I'm just that's gonna, okay. I'm just going to see how other people respond to your evaluations, and then we'll see how it shakes out. We're going to get a little more in depth now. Okay, so okay. I think I think the B and B listeners would do just fine on this. I think most of them would have said Ziploc and grocery bag. I don't they also would have said we're not bringing seven eight apples. But that's not the point. The point okay. is, what would you do if you had it? Uh, okay, next one. You have um, let's say you have your 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 phone and your electronic stuff. What okay. kind of bag would you put that in? Well, I've brought that stuff, and so I have like a couple things, either a hard sided or not hard sided, a soft sided padded canvas kind of zippered container for some uh, devices mm. that are sensitive. But the phone, I typically just throw mm-hmm. in like a ziploc and throw in the top of my pack. Okay, that's that's. That's safe, I guess. Safe-ish. Um, and that's passable. I'm going to give you, like, passing credit. Okay. I think the best thing might be to get, like, a small dry bag. That would be my... I would not do that at all. Are you serious? A dry bag? A mini a mini, a mini dry bag. I would get yeah. a... If I'm going to get a dry bag, I'm going to get one big enough to store multiple things in there that, that are going to keep things dry if I'm concerned about things getting wet. You can. You can do that. But, I mean, you know, if you're, let's say you're in Colorado, there's a lot of rain, there's a lot of things, but you want to take a lot of pictures, this is easier to get to. You have an easier dry bag handy right at the ready. You know, you put it in one of your pockets mm. on the side of your backpack, boom, pull it out, okay. there you go. All right. You got to think outside the box, Carl. Not that you would bring it. <laughs> I'm just saying they have them and they're like two ounces, so maybe three. 
Okay. Uh, okay, next one. Let's say you had, and I, and I can go into detail about why I have this later, but let's say you had like grains and oats. Okay. Why would you have that? And For horses. Where some... would you put that? On, on the horse panniers. On the what? If you're bringing grains and oats, I'm guessing you're bringing some sort of stock animals to carry some of your gear or to pack something in or maybe to pack the 70 pounds worth of trash you find in a bear box out. Mm-hmm. So they have these panniers that you would have kind of hanging off the sides of them, and I would put them there. And I, ha- okay. I, I have actually done that for the llamas. So there you go. Well played. That's true. That's true. So I would say either those or, yeah, like or sometimes they have like a little feed bag on their if they're eating while they're walking. Okay. Sometimes I've seen those. Um, you put it on your mouth. But yeah, the, the, the paneers, are, I think, are okay. probably the best answer. Nice. Yeah, nice. I didn't think you'd get that one. Nice job. And the final one is a little bit outside the box, but, you know, sometimes in an emergency, vehicles have to make their way onto the trail. What would you pack your minivan in, Carl? Pack my minivan in? Yeah, well, if you had a minivan, how would you <laughs> store it, you know, or shield it? Protect it. <laughs> I don't yeah, even understand the question. You know, let's let's like let's I'm gonna say, I'm gonna backpack my minivan into the wilderness. Is that what you're saying? No, no, no. I'll, I'll give you a scenario because I know this will be hard for you. Uh, I'll give you a scenario. We're out there. You break your leg. We have to call in the the cavalry. There's no chopper, so they have to bring. They have to create space for a trail, okay. right? So. And they bring a car out on the trail, which sometimes they do. Like let's say they find a dead body or blah right. blah blah. They bring out the car on the trail. So let's say the trail, you know, but for whatever reason, I don't know, this would be a really crazy scenario, but let's say you had to spend the night on the trail with the car out there for whatever reason. (laughs) Maybe you're waiting for a storm to pass. Maybe there's a flash flood. I don't know. You got to wait out there for a while with this car. And you're like, guys, we have to put this car in some storage. Like I do everything else. Okay. What kind of bag is it going to go in? (laughs) (laughs) I want to see you come up with a trivia question like that. Part of me wants to just end the episode with you asking the question. I have no response. We have no closing, and then that's it. No music. Like that's just the end of the episode. <laughs> uh, I just try to get you out of your comfort zone. That's, and all that's the listeners are like, "What me. did we just? What just happened right there? Like this went from a really good interview to Derek asking about putting a, a minivan in a bag." <laughs> I'm just trying to take you out of your comfort zone. And, you know, you want to know types of bags? So I'm trying to have fun with it. So here we go. What kind of bag, you know, you can mark. How about a shipping container? That would fit a minivan. (laughs) (laughs) I was just going to say a car. I was just going to say a car cover. (laughs) A car cover. It's not that hard. You're making it harder than it has to be. I'm not. I'm not. Because we have one of the strongest guys in the world that goes with us. And if I said, can you just break down the shipping container into pieces, into six pieces, <laughs> and just strap it to your backpack, would you mind like carrying it or possibly dragging it along on the trail? And he would probably Who's be ridiculous now? Stripping down a shipping <laughs> container into six pieces. I can't even... Let's end the episode right there. Let's do it right there. Boom. Okay. Shipping container, six pieces. I don't... Boom. Yeah. Clearly what I said was way more ridiculous than your question, right? It's up there. It's up there. That's for sure. <laughs> All right. Um, I, if your goal today was to see how far off the rails we take the episode, <laughs> you, my friend, were successful. Hey, I'm an off-roader, and uh, you know that is well known. So I, I don't, I don't mind. I don't mind at all. <laughs> Guys, that'll wrap it up for us today. Literally wrap it mm. up for us today, Carl. Yes. And uh, thanks, thanks again, everybody, for uh, tuning in. Thanks for uh, the interview with Grady. Grady, thank you for your awesome input. That was extremely awesome um and very informative i appreciate it and uh we look forward to seeing you guys next time on the pod send us a review and uh remember guys it's not backpacking unless you can fit carl in a nurse sack take care i want to So yeah, um, I don't, I don't really know what Carl's really talking about. He can't put his stuff in a in a dry bag, and I, I thought to myself, you know, why can't you put you, you can put your little things in a dry bag? I wondered if there was like a Carl sized dry bag, and I thought, you know, he could be, he's very buoyant, you know, because he eats a lot of um, 
not the best foods, we'll say. And it creates buoyancy. So I thought, you know, what what better way to float down a river? And he's always wanted to float down a river, but we don't bring the inner tubes. I said, let's bring a full-size dry bag. You can go inside, and then we'll just sit on you, and we'll float down the river. I think that's just an idea. One of the most legendary shows in the outdoors is on Waypoint TV. Don't miss Primo's Truth About Hunting, Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. fun to go with, like just full-blown redneck on these fish. This is like high-tech cane pole fishing right here. From the white sandy beaches to the crystal blue waters, enjoy the best fishing Panama City Beach has to offer during Chasing the Sun, Sundays at 9.30 a.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.